Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Staying Home With Wit. I have been trying to do more at-home personal episodes where I'm answering specific questions that you guys have for me and giving you a little bit more of an insight into what my life looks like now, as well as just any kind of secrets that you guys have wanted to know. We are on Motherhood Secrets Part You guys ended up having so many questions about being a mom, so I wanted to dive into them and make sure that I answered as many as possible. I hope this has been enjoyable for you. I hope that you guys have learned something, and if not, that it's just been entertaining. But for me, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very cathartic, a release, makes me reflect on things more, makes me put things into perspective more, and makes me kind of reteach myself patience and balance and all the things that I feel like sometimes I'm preaching to you. It reminds me that I do know these things and I have these tools and that I should be using them. So Thank you guys for that. Thank you for this outlet. Thank you for continuing to listen. I know that there's so much out there for you guys to be listening to right now and so much for you to be retaining. So I am so, so, so grateful that you've chosen to listen to me. Seriously. It means so much to me. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, April 22nd. I'm recording this a week previously to this being released. So if anything doesn't sound super timely, that's the reason. But yeah, sitting here in my bedroom again, have my coffee made, candle lit, boys are taken care of, and I'm all yours. So let's get into it. So this motherhood secrets part two is divvied up into a couple different sections because there are a lot of different themes throughout motherhood. Last week, I got into more personal questions, a little bit of what my pregnancy was like in the beginning of my pregnancy. And now we are going to get into the first category, which is balance. So if you guys have listened to me 
for a while now, you know my relationship with balance. It is a tricky one. It is touchy. It is almost impossible to find. As soon as you think you have found and achieved a good balance, something happens, whether external or internal within your family, and the balance goes out of whack and you have to figure out how to try to bring it back. First of all, I'll say that it's not only up to you to achieve balance. It isn't your sole job to try to achieve this balance within the household. It's not all your responsibility. It takes a village, as we've all said. And sometimes if you are a single mom, it can feel like the world is on your shoulders. And a lot of these decisions are up to you and the finding the balance and maintaining a structure is up to you. But for a lot of people that have a significant other, you need to rely on them. You must because you cannot do it alone. And even if you are a single mom, I mean, right now, I don't even know how you are managing. You just are. You have no choice, but major, major, major love and shout out to all the single moms out there trying to be everything to everyone at the moment. I seriously do not know what I would do. Oh, you're stronger than anybody, honestly, honestly. But in terms of finding the balance, it is really, really, really hard because it's constantly changing. Your baby is growing. They're needing different things from you. You're trying to figure out who you are. Your job is growing or stagnant or you're trying to build something. I mean, we're all at different phases of our jobs. And so it's hard to really prescribe someone the perfect balance. It's actually impossible. Like I cannot tell you guys how to achieve balance within your own lives, but I can tell you how I try to do it the best way I can for myself, especially now. So The first thing I try to do is make sure that I've set myself up for a good night of sleep. I know that sounds obvious, but it is so important. Yesterday, I woke up from a really restless, terrible night's sleep. I actually woke up sweating like insane, drenched. And I was off the whole day. I was crying. I was depressed. I couldn't handle things. My inbox was piling up. I didn't want to deal with anything. Nothing felt important to me. I just wanted to kind of like escape, right? And in that situation, there is no finding balance because you're just exhausted and you don't have the energy and you don't have the mindfulness to be able to set a routine and have patience with people and really create an environment that fosters balance. So the first thing I would say is to try your best to do whatever you need to do in order to get a good night's sleep, whatever that means to you. For me, it's about eight hours. So I will stop looking at my phone at a certain time so that I'm not distracted. We watch TV that is more on the lighthearted, relaxing side. We don't really drink very much. So that doesn't really inhibit my sleep. I try to get into bed at a reasonable hour to give myself maybe a couple hours to watch TV and then fall asleep. You really have to do what you need to do in order to get a good night's sleep. The second thing I would say is to wake up and have a little check-in with your significant other or whoever you are with right now. If it's yourself, great. Have a little check-in. Make a to-do list of all the things that you need to get done today and separate them. Separate them into work, into personal, into home, 
whatever your categories are, separate them and try to really make a plan with your significant other or yourself of how you are going to schedule out your day and execute those things. Do not expect to get everything done. Try to make priorities. If you start a list, try to circle at the end the ones that you think are doable and the ones that are most timely and most important. And then set up a schedule with your significant other about how you are going to achieve those things. So this morning, Timmy and I woke up and I said to him today, I need to record a podcast at sometime around nine or 10. I'm going live with Amanda at two. I need to do a couple hours of work. Otherwise, how are we going to make this happen? He said, I got you in the morning while you work. And then I'll take Sunny in the pool. You can get a little bit more of your computer work done. And then I scheduled the live during Sunny's nap. So I really try to make each day organized and make each day into a real schedule, just like how I would any normal day. In regular life, not quarantine life, I have tried to maintain a certain schedule that I've told you guys about that is hard to maintain because not everybody else can comply with what your schedule needs to be. But Mondays is more organizational computer work days. Tuesdays is going to record at the studio, any meetings, any photography that needs to be done. Wednesday is kind of the same. Any meetings out and about that needs to be done, any content that needs to be shot, computer work. And then Thursday and Fridays, I try to leave pretty open because we don't have a nanny on Thursdays and Fridays. And so it's on us to do everything for Sunny. So that's my regular schedule on a regular basis. But right now, every day is really different depending on what our needs are. I mean, Sunny has a schedule and we schedule our lives around his schedule. But in terms of what my day looks like, it's not the same every single day. Another way that I try to maintain some sort of balance and to make sure that I'm taking care of myself is to have at least an hour. I know it sounds a lot, but at least an hour of me time. And that can be anything from going outside and reading my book, sitting and watching TV, going on a walk, doing a fitness class, making chocolate chip cookies, things that I feel like are kind of mindless, kind of take me out of my element, take me out of my regular stressors and really allow me to de-stress so that I'm prepared for the next thing that is needed of me. Balance is not something that you are going to ever truly find perfection with. Like some days you feel like you killed it with work. You spent so much time on it and you feel so grateful that you did that and you feel so accomplished. But then all of a sudden the mom guilt kicks in and you're like, wait, I didn't have this time with my kid now. And and now I don't feel balanced. And oh my gosh, like how did this affect my child or my husband? And so you have to remember that you are not going to find perfect balance every single day. Your work isn't going to get 20% of you. Your husband isn't going to get 20%. Your kid isn't going to get 20% and so on and so forth to make a hundred. Some things are going to get more attention than others and that's okay. Just like I said, just make your priority list in the morning and try to cross off the things that are the utmost importance to you that day. Next question is, how does being a mother affect your job? I mean, it feels like my job right now is all about being a mom. I mean, it affects it immensely. One real talk on the negative side, I feel like I 
take so long to do things and things can't be accomplished as quickly because I have a child and because their needs do come number one. My career goals take a back seat and it sucks. Like it sucks that I feel like I wish I just had three days straight just to sit on my computer and get so much stuff done and not have any distraction. So it affects it in that I do really feel like I can't get as much done being a mom. But at the same time, it has brought out this whole other side of my career that really means more that I would not have had otherwise. I mean, I started doing I Love My Baby Butt when I found out I was pregnant with Sunny. And then that created a career based on motherhood. It created a YouTube channel. I was able to have this podcast because of it and interview so many amazing people about motherhood and enlighten people about motherhood and teach people about it, not preach about it, but just like shed light on it and validate people's feelings. And so my career has become all about it. And it is interesting because I never thought that that would happen. Like I always thought my career would be about fashion and a little bit of creative design and creative directing, I didn't realize that there would be so much motherhood within my job. But I think that people are just yearning for this kind of information, which isn't really even information. It's just my experience. And hopefully people can listen to my experience and it helps them validate their own experiences or teaches them how to look at something a different way. But my career and motherhood have really become one. So yeah, I mean, the ways that I juggle it are by asking for help, asking my husband for help when I need it, having a nanny under normal circumstances. Sunny goes to school five days a week, so I'm able to get so much more done. Like right now, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of juggling going on. But now that he's almost three, he's a little bit more independent and he's out of the house a little bit more. So I am able to get more done. So know that that first couple of years is really hard because they're at home all the time. And so it feels like, oh my God, is this ever going to end? Like, am I ever going to have any free time back? And you will. You will. And that's why I think a lot of people start to think about a second kid once your kid is like about three, because you do have a little bit more free time and you can make yourself more of a priority. All right. Next category is all about relationships. Now, Timmy and I are pretty much an open book when it comes to our relationships. If you guys haven't listened to any of our episodes together, like our pet peeves episodes or any of our episodes about fighting, you definitely should just because we were feeling like, gosh, no one really talks about fighting, like wife and husband fighting. People are too either embarrassed or ashamed to talk about it because it feels like, oh my God, they have problems, you know? And I think a lot of the times that's other people projecting their own insecurities about the relationships onto yours. But we have really tried to show what we fight about, how we fight and how we resolve it with you guys, because we know that that is likely happening in your households too. So I'm excited to get into this category. (laughs) And now a word from our brand partner. 
So I have discovered my new go-to shoe brand. It's called Tamara Mellon and it is so cute. She has such a great collection from flats to sandals to sneakers to pumps. She has you covered. Not sure if you guys know, but Tamara is the iconic designer who created Jimmy Choo. After leaving Jimmy Choo, she launched her new namesake brand and the shoes are amazing. She really understands what women want. She knows that we want pretty shoes that also feel comfortable. I am not going to wear a shoe that is cute and uncomfortable. Those days are over for me, you guys. They just are. For me, I need something practical and also stylish. And Tamara Mellon has got us taken care of. Her sandals right now are so cute. There's one called the Horizon, which comes in like a light tan color and then this really pretty burgundy red and she has this cushioned sole that's so comfortable and they're really cute just to wear around the house and will also once this is all over be cute to wear with like a pair of boyfriend jeans and a sweater or cute t-shirt. I can't wait to wear the pair of croc mules that she sent out and about because they are adorable and they're just like sophisticated and chic and simple and can go with so many different things and you know are really good quality and will last so long. I'm giving you guys $100 off any pair of her shoes. Go to tamaramelon.com and use code WITHWIT. That's tamaramelon, T-A-M-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-O-N.com and use promo code WITHWIT for $100 off. Check her collection out. It's really, 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 really cute and good quality. And now back to our chat. The first question is, has having a child affected the intimacy between you and your husband? If so, how do you deal? So I remember at the beginning when we were just starting to be intimate again after we had Sunny, I was really, really, really self-conscious. Like I was self-conscious about my boobs and my nipples because they were just engorged and uncomfortable and misshaped and so huge. And I always like took pride in them. And I remember that being like a little bit of an inhibitor, if that's a word, to our sex life because I wasn't fully able to enjoy myself because I was so self-conscious about what he was thinking about my body at that time. I think as soon as I was done breastfeeding and my body was feeling a little bit back to normal, our intimacy was much stronger because I was not as self-conscious. So give yourself a little bit of a break. At the beginning, you may feel self-conscious getting back into bed with him. Also, if you've had a vaginal birth, you may be thinking, is he feeling something different that he doesn't like? How does it feel down there? Like, what is my belly so squishy? Like, how is this affecting him and his sex drive? And I think those are all normal things to feel. And I would try not to spiral about them because they are fine. (laughs) The men are fine. And more often than not, I mean, unless there's something that I don't know, it feels like eventually just as good. I do feel like the exhaustion affects the intimacy for sure. You're just not as down. You know, you're tired. You have someone else pulling at you physically all the time, especially after birth and breastfeeding. Your body doesn't really feel very sexy. So just give yourself a little bit of patience. 
because it will come back. You will find your groove again. But I think in the moment, you just kind of have to tell yourself this is a phase that will end and ask your husband. Like, he'll probably be honest with you in a way that you need to hear. Like, for Timmy, I know my boobs feel different to him now, right? But at the same time, like my boobs have given life to a baby and my body has transformed into like a more mature woman because I've given life to something. And I think that that's really sexy for men and they understand what your body has had to go through and they don't judge you for it. And they likely love you even more for it because you've given them this child, this amazing gift. So just keep on telling yourself that. How do you fuel your marriage? Someone asked. So for me, I need to be doing a better job of this because I'm a little bit of a selfish person where it's like all about me. It's all about am I getting my needs met? And I don't necessarily always think about is Timmy getting his needs met? I don't know whether that's because... I don't know. I try to figure out why I'm not the most caring or empathetic or sympathetic person when it comes to his needs. But maybe that's just because I feel like he's getting his needs met or else he would tell me. I think you have to have trust and faith in your partner that if unless they're upset about something like they are usually fine. And I think that that's a sign of a healthy relationship where unless they ask you for something, you hope that they're okay. And you have to then also keep in the back of your mind, what are the things that they may be afraid to ask that they need that I can do for them? So Timmy and I talk a lot about this love bucket situation. His therapist, which is now my therapist, not sure if that's healthy, but his therapist will ask him, like, have you filled up Whitney's love bucket this week? And what does that mean? You know, so you have to think about what is it mean to fill up your significant other's love bucket? Is it with gifts? Is it with displays of affection? Is it sex? Is it cooking for them? Is it asking them if they just need an hour free, you know, of time? Like, what is it that they need? And try to figure out if they feel fulfilled in that way. And I think that will really fuel your marriage and fuel a happy relationship when you're thinking about what does the other person need to feel whole? Sometimes they have to ask for it and that's okay. And sometimes they shouldn't have to ask for it because you know them well enough. Like I said, for Timmy, he will tell me if he needs something. And unless he's told me, he's probably fine. Next question. How do you and Timmy handle parenting conflicts? So we actually had a parenting class with our school right before this quarantine happened. And the headmaster of the school shed a lot of light on how we should deal with any kind of parenting conflicts should we run into them. Timmy and I largely agree on how we parent Sunny. Sometimes we both parent him at the same time, and that can be a little bit overwhelming. So when that happens, one of us will look at each other or say, like, let me handle this so that it's not confusing for Sunny and two people aren't going at him. I think it's really important for you guys to be on the same page about like how you are going to discipline or handle certain situations. I think that sometimes one parent needs to maybe take a back seat and step back and let the other parent do their thing. But the most important thing is to not handle parenting conflicts in front of the child. Like, 
if you're having an issue with how your partner is disciplining your child or talking to them or something, to try your best not to scold them in front of the child, to really take that pause write down the issue that you're having so you don't forget. And then when you guys are alone to hash it out and work through it and see how you can work on it better for the next time. But it's important that you guys show up as a united front for your children because they will just then be confused and likely take advantage of those weaknesses that you guys have because they can really feel those cracks. So you just have to really stay confident in how you're going to parent together and not to question each other in front of your child. Next question is, how have your friendships changed? I think the only thing that has really changed about my friendships is that my friends aren't my number one priorities anymore, and I'm just not as in touch with them as I once was. I think, though, that as you get older, you become more mature and you realize that you don't need to talk to your friends as much as you once did. You don't need to see them as much because you're mature enough to know that other things need to come first now and that, yes, your friends... like they can come first at certain times, but honestly, your family really does come first once you become a parent. And so I think that a lot of friends understand that, especially mom friends, they get it. You know, they get that their families are their priorities for the day. And if they do have extra time and they can get to supporting other friends that they will, but that it's not because they love me less. Like they're not not checking in with me on a daily basis because they love me less. It's because they just don't have the time and the capacity to do it. And I understand that. And I hope that they understand that too. Timmy's always telling me not to test people or not to test friendships. And I think that's really, really valid. Like, don't get mad at a friend who you know really loves you, but maybe has forgotten to check up on you in a couple days because they've been dealing with something. Like, be mature enough to know that that friend is thinking about you, that friend loves you. There must be something else going on with them that they're not able to be there for you right away. And I think you have to try to remember, you don't know what's happening in someone else's household. So if you feel like someone's being a bad friend, yes, check up on them. Say, are you okay? Is everything okay? I need to talk to you, but let me know when you have some free space in your brain and in your schedule to talk to me. And maybe that's catering too much to the mom, but I don't know. I just feel like people should understand more how much, especially at this time, like we have to deal with and especially how much we are spread thin. What's it like to make new mom friends? So it's actually really easy to make new mom friends. It's easy because your kids naturally are drawn to other kids and want to play with other kids. And parents want the quality time together because it's like a distraction for the kids. And it means that the parents can kind of like chill out and bond and connect and vent and validate each other's feelings while the kids can be together. And there's just like this unspoken connection between moms that happens that allows you to become close really, really, really fast. So I wouldn't be nervous about making mom friends. I think at the beginning phase, like the newborn phase, it's a little bit more difficult because you're more isolated. You're in your home. 
So I urge you to maybe join a baby class or there's an app called Peanut where you can connect with other like-minded moms in your area. You know, there are various ways to connect with other people, follow other moms on social media, but know that when it comes time for your kids to enter school, that it will be really easy to make mom friends. Next category is body. Is your body different after having Sunny? 100% yes. It is very different after having Sunny. And I'll give you the three things that are most different about it. One, like we touched upon earlier, my boobs. My boobs are saggier. My nipples are bigger. They protrude more. I don't like them. I don't love my boobs. They're flat on the top and they have more volume on the bottom. They're just not the boobs. (laughs) that I had. And I actually saw a post of Tia Maori's yesterday where she was talking about how her gray hair was coming in and she was starting to get wrinkles and she was trying not to judge her body for getting older because those were all signs of wisdom and the human experience and giving life to a baby. And I think that's great and all. And I give major pops to Tia Mary for feeling that way. But I also don't think that there's anything wrong with feeling insecure about your body changing after your baby. I think that it's okay to feel insecure and then to tell yourself how to not be and to work yourself through it. But it's okay if you're not one of those people that's just like, my body is a miracle. And I will give into it. Like, it's okay to still want to work hard to make your body look the way that you want it to look. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, one was my boobs. Sorry, I got a little bit off track about that. And sometimes I even will tell myself, okay, maybe if I have a second kid and I've breastfed and I'm done with kids, like, maybe I'll want a little plastic surgery. Sue me. You know, maybe I'll want to lift. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to want your body to look better. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean you're a vain person. Secondly is my belly and belly button. That's like number two and two A. So there's just this layer of skin or flab on my belly that I feel like is just never going to go away. Like it's just this stretched out portion of the skin of my body that's never going to go away. And as much as I work out, and as much as I try to eat healthy, it's just always there. And I think that that may be like my war wound that I should feel proud of. Unless someone out there has a secret for me. I mean, today I'm going live with Pilates by Amanda and we're doing lots of button abs and I'll ask her about that because I feel like that could be something that she deals with. A lot of moms come to her to try to bounce their bodies back, but my belly button is now an Audi and it's darker and there's really nothing I can do about that. I mean, I guess like I could get a surgery, but I'm not really going to go to that level of it. It's not that big of a deal. But yes, like this layer of flab on your belly is something that we will likely always have to deal with. And they will probably get thicker and thicker the more children that we have. And I'm sorry for that. The third thing is my vagina. I'll say it. I'm sorry. It just feels different. It just, the inside feels different. It feels just, I don't know. I can't explain it, you guys. Like, it's still tight. Like, it's still fine. Everything's fine. I don't know if Timmy can even tell a difference, but I 
feel something different. It's different when I pee. I always feel like whenever I'm jumping around or running that I'm going to pee. I have this reflex where I need to pee all the time. Like that is something that I don't know if I'll have to deal with forever, if there's certain exercises I can do. But yes, those are the main three things that feel different about my body. I won't get into too much detail about my vagina, but I'm sure all of you guys that have had vaginal births know what I'm talking about. For all of you that are pregnant that are planning on having vaginal births, ask your doctor for what's called the husband stitch at the end. After I had Sunny, I had a little tearing. So they had to sew me back up and she sewed me back up a little bit tighter and gave me that quote husband stitch. So don't know what she actually did or, or if it is a real thing, but might as well ask for it if you can. The next question in terms of my body is, did you work out during your pregnancy? So I was really, really, really lazy during my pregnancy. My first trimester, I didn't work out at all because I was just so sick. I was so nauseous. I had no motivation to work out and I felt like crap. And I wonder if had I pushed myself to work out, if I would have felt better, but I just couldn't do it. I also took diclegis, which helps with nausea, but it also has a little bit of unisom in it, which makes you tired. And so obviously then after taking that, I'm not going to have any motivation. So first trimester definitely wasn't working out. After the nausea started to go away, I started to do a little bit of prenatal Pilates and would also just go on long walks. But I didn't do anything too aggressive. I did a couple soul cycle classes and then was feeling too much pressure and feeling like I had to pee too much. So I stopped doing that. You just have to do what feels good to your body, but not beat yourself up if you don't feel like it all the time. I mean, you have a little human growing inside you and you're more tired than ever. So don't feel guilty about not working out. Just try, if you can, to get in a walk a couple times a week, I would say. And then how did I get my body back? So what's interesting is that I didn't work out for the first six months after Sunny. I was just so exhausted and... I think was just like a little bit depressed and didn't have the motivation to work out. And so also as I was breastfeeding, I didn't really know what to do to work out. And I don't know that sounds helpless and like a little bit immature. There's so many things that you can do while breastfeeding, but I just wasn't into it. I was just not motivated. And I felt like I needed to take care of myself in other ways. And I think looking back on it again, I probably you know, next time, if there is a next time, would force myself to work out because I think that would have made me feel a lot better mentally because working out has always made me feel better mentally. But once the six months was over and I was finally like, okay, I'm not breastfeeding anymore. I don't have any excuse not to work out. Timmy and I started doing hot yoga together. And that is really what I think whipped me back into shape. Like I feel like the sweating everything out, stretching my body, feeling like I was getting longer and leaner and really doing something for my mind, my body, my spirit, my soul, and that sweat release. It just felt like the best workout for me. So I highly, highly recommend that once we're out of quarantine and can get back into doing those things. If not, try to turn up the heat in your house and do a yoga class turn on whatever yoga you can find, whether it's like through the app Obey that I use or, you know, there are various online workout classes right now. Turn up the heat, do a yoga class, even if it's only for 20 minutes. I think don't force yourself to do something that your body 
isn't ready for. You know, start slow and ease into it and don't beat yourself up if it's feeling like too much. So this category is called current. And I think that's just what's happening right now. First question is, does it get easier as Sunny gets older? And the answer is 1,000 million percent yes. I cannot tell you how much easier this phase is. Yes, he's running around like a crazy monkey all over the place and you feel like you're just trying to keep him from killing himself all day long. But at least now he's able to express his emotions, tell us what he needs, tell us what he wants. And we can actually have conversations and connect with him. I feel like I'm bonding with him more than ever. And that's one thing I'm actually super grateful for this quarantine for is because I feel like I'm getting to know him on a deeper level than I likely would have been able to. And I love that. So Yes, definitely once the babies are sleeping and eating regular food, life gets so much easier. Next question, how long does Sunny nap for? Sunny naps for about two and a half to three hours every day. And I know some of you guys might be shocked and like, oh my God, like you guys are so lucky. And we are. We have been sticklers when it comes to Sunny sleeping, which isn't really how we are. You know, we're not like super type A people. We don't have a super regimented schedule with him. We are very go with the flow, but when it comes to sleep, we were introduced to Alana McGinn and from day one, she was trying to help us with his sleep. And I think that since we were on top of it and sleep trained him at an early age and really just let him learn how to self-soothe, he now can go to sleep. We put him down. He falls asleep on his own. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like the biggest gift we could have given ourselves. So if anybody is struggling with sleep right now, I highly recommend you guys checking out Good Night Sleep Site. I think that's at G-N-S-L-E-E-P-S-I-T-E. And just direct messaging her any questions that you have because we've listened to everything that she's done and it's always worked out in our favor. So while he's also taking long naps, he goes to sleep at about 7.30, 8 o'clock every night and wakes up at about 7.38. So either Sonny's a really good sleeper or we were really good trainers or it's a little bit of both. How do you stay calm during frustrating situations? Good question. Frustrating situations, I think the best thing to do is to try to take yourself out of them. I mean, I know right now they can happen so much in the home and it feels like there's no escape. But if you are having a frustrating situation, I think it's okay for you to say to your significant other, I need to take a breather. I need to go outside and take some deep breaths. I think that it's so important that you do that before you get into possibly like a worse fight with your partner or you snap at your child. I think it's important for you to tell your child and tell your partner like, I need a breather right now. And more often than not, if you go have a little breath work, I have learned like breathing in for six, holding for six, and then breathing out for six. Doing that about five times will really calm my nerves. And then I'm able to deal with situations better and able to problem solve more. So I think it's really about taking yourself out of the situation. And if you can't do that, to try to tell yourself that what you do has an immense effect on your child. And so you need to take some deep breaths right away in the moment and then 
start fresh. If you can't have an escape, if there's no escape for you, it's okay to take some deep breaths in the moment and then to problem solve. But especially in fights with your significant other, when you find yourselves like seeing red and getting to that like blowing moment, what's that saying? Like you are going to pop your top or whatever it's called. It's more important to, I think, walk away from your partner than to get in deeper and say things that you would probably regret. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Timmy used to want to do that with me. And I would say, no, you can't leave. Like, we need to talk this through. We need to get through this situation. I'm not going to work this out on my own. And then I realized that, like, that was me wanting him to do all, like, the problem solving for me and me not doing the work myself. And so now we are working on trying to give each other breaks when we do get into these things so that we can problem solve on our own and figure out, is this our ego speaking? Is this a trained behavior that we're trying to unteach ourselves? Like, let's have a little reflection on this moment and figure out where we're coming from before we step back in. And like I said, say something that we regret. Next question is, what problems do you currently have with Sunny at night? So right now, the biggest problems are just getting him to do anything. Like we make an amazing meal. He doesn't want to sit down to eat it. We try to get him all prepped for bath time. He doesn't want to get in the bath. Once he gets in the bath, he doesn't want to get out. Once he gets out, he doesn't want to get dressed. Once he gets dressed, he doesn't want to put on his sleep sack. Once he puts on his sleep sack, he doesn't want to like sit down and he wants a snack. You know, like there's always something. And the moral of his story is that he's always trying to delay bedtime, right? So I think what we try to do, not I think, what we try to do is give him choices. Sometimes he sees right through those things and knows that we're giving him choices and says neither. But I think then when that happens, we've started to set timers and that has actually really, really helped He now at first wasn't really responding to the timers, did not like them, didn't understand them. And now when the timer goes off, he's so much more understanding and realized that this is a ritual and a routine and that this is what he needs to do. And so it's nice. It's kind of like he's formed a habit. You know, sometimes it takes a while to form a habit. It's the same thing with kids. Like you have to be consistent about something in order for them to learn the messaging behind it. You have to constantly be telling them every move that you make and why you're giving them choices and why you're setting the timer because then that allows them to understand things better and process things better and have better communication. Even if it gets a lot to constantly having to be telling them every move you're making, I think that that is really how you raise like an independent patient human being. How is potty training going? How long did it take? Potty training is amazing. Sunny has been doing so, so, so well. It took us probably about three weeks for him to be like fully, fully trained where now he just goes on his own and doesn't even need to tell us. But he was starting to go on his own after a week or he would tell us that he needed to go and we would get him all prepared. So I would say give yourself like a month of accidents and a month of trial and error. We originally thought that it was something that was going to be done in a couple of days. And then we talked to his teacher and was she was like, no, you're going to be having accidents for a month. But 
it's really been great. I think the big thing for us, it hasn't been about giving him rewards when he goes or being super excited when he goes. It's about when he does go saying, you should be so proud of yourself or, you know, look how amazing the body is that it gets rid of the food that we're eating in this way. And we are teaching him how to clean up after himself and how to wipe and really just trying to make it a positive experience and not something that he feels like, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get a reward for it. Next question is, have you kept up with the limited screen time? Honestly, no, we have not. We do a little bit of screen time in the morning, maybe like an hour, maybe sometimes two if we have a lot of work. And then in the afternoon, we do about an hour. So I don't know if that's limited. It doesn't feel limited to me, but I feel like right now we have kind of let rules in terms of screen time go out the window and are allowing him to watch certain things. We have really tried to push PBS, you know, Daniel Tiger, Wild Kratts, Peppa Pig, things like that, as opposed to movies or anything that we feel like is going to scar him. We feel like Disney movies, gosh, a character like gets killed or goes missing or something within the first five minutes. And it's just like too much for them to process. So I think that PBS is the best option and it's entertaining enough for him. Do I feel like I get enough sleep? I do. I really do. I actually have become a pretty good sleeper and I have been able to get about eight hours of sleep now. Sunny goes down at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Timmy and I are able to then have a few hours of chill time. We get in bed and Sunny doesn't wake up until 7.38. So I'm able to get enough sleep. And I think like I was saying earlier, getting enough sleep really has been a gift for me. What time does your day start and end? My day starts at about 7.38 in the morning and it ends at about, I mean, with Sunny, my responsibilities end at about eight o'clock, but then really it doesn't end until I would say I fall asleep around anywhere from 10 to 11. How do we handle tantrums? I think the best thing to do with tantrums is just to ignore them, to not feed into them, to not ask them if they need anything, to try to teach them that this behavior isn't going to get them what they want. It's not going to give them more attention, that it's unacceptable, and it's not how you deal with something that you don't like. So the most major thing we do is just to say, Sunny, I understand you're frustrated. I understand you have to act it out in this way. You feel free to have whatever feelings you need to have. And you can have this tantrum. And when you're done, just let us know and we'll be here for you. And I try not to say it so like demeaning like that or condescending because that sounded a little bit condescending. But, you know, in my own motherly supportive way without being condescending, I just try to tell him that it's okay for him to have these feelings to try to take some deep breaths and that after he's taken some deep breaths, we can talk. And then once they calm down, then you talk about why they had those tantrums. You don't try to get to the root of the issue during the tantrum ever. You try to talk about it once they've calmed down and they actually hear what you're saying and aren't seeing red. The next question is, what kind of healthy meals do you make for Sunny? And I think this is the last question it is. So Sunny eats kind of like the same thing all the time. I make those egg and banana pancakes for him all the time because he loves those and I know he's going to eat them. And lately I've been adding oats to them or avocado or nuts so I can add a little bit more healthy fats into it. 
I also will top it with like a couple rainbow sprinkles because then he thinks it looks like a cupcake and that's more appetizing for him. But he eats a lot of chicken burgers that we just marinate really lightly with like a garlic salt and maybe sometimes like Worcestershire and soy sauce. But chicken burgers, he likes roasted broccoli. So we'll just roast broccoli and olive oil, salt and pepper with some lemon. He likes... Oh, I mean, the stuff he really likes is pasta with butter and Parmesan. So we give him a lot of that. Like we try not to go, you know, we're not like insane health people, but we do try to make sure that he gets at least like a serving of greens in a day. So like in the morning, I'll make him a smoothie and I try to hide in spinach and avocado in there. If I am not making him a smoothie, then I try at lunch or dinner to get some sort of greens in his meal. Let's see, what else does he eat? He loves like spaghetti with meat sauce. And I think you can hide in some like green vegetables in there for him. I will make him like a healthy French toast. So if we have a good sourdough or whole wheat, I'll make him a French toast with just eggs and milk. And so I feel like he's getting some protein there. He eats trail mix. He loves trail mix. So that's a really good snack for him. He loves fruit. So whenever he wants a snack and he wants cookies or chocolate, I try to urge him with fruit first. And I try to tell him that the chocolate is for after meals, just like for every other human. (laughs) Yeah. Those are all the things that come to mind right now. Anyways, you guys, I have been chatting with you for almost an hour and this has been really enlightening for me. I hope enlightening for you. Continue to DM us and comment here on any other questions that you may have. I hope these episodes have been fulfilling for you and informative. And yes, continue to stay home stay healthy, stop judging yourself, give yourself a break. We can't do it all. We can't be everything and be fully fulfilled and happy and calm at the same time. So don't expect that. Give yourself a goddamn break. All right. Love you all and chat next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.